If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to the book of Jonah. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 4, Jonah chapter 4. This is always my go-to uh, book of the Bible. Uh, whenever I need some encouragement, whenever I, I need some uh, a little lift me up, pick me up, and uh, remind me, or remind myself, who I am. And when you look at things in a total negative perspective, what you can become. But we're not going to focus on all the negative. We're going to focus on what we can become through Christ. So we're going to talk about a couple reasons uh, how we can uh, not give up. Some, some ways, some things that the Bible says through the life of Jonah, how we can persevere even through some of the toughest times. And y'all know the story behind Jonah's life. God told him that uh, a particular time he needed to go to Nineveh. And uh, we all know the story. A big storm came. He was on a boat going the wrong way. And uh, they threw him overboard. He got swallowed up by a, a big fish. There you go. All right, not a whale, right? It's important about the fish. I think I mentioned it to you all before, but I think it bears repeating. When God says that he's prepared something for us, don't you believe it's something special? God said that he prepared a great fish for Jonah. That's why I always kind of joke around and say it's not a whale because I think that's giving it too much. Well, it just happened, you know. Uh, he was able to be swallowed by a large uh, mammal, and uh, he was able to live somehow. No, I don't think so. I think it was a special fish that God prepared for him. Know that when God says that he's preparing something for you, know that it's true. There's nothing that goes uh, on that, that's, that's not under God's supervision or control. Uh, we often... Uh, think of different ways with the Lord and he gets blamed for a lot of things but hopefully today we'll see uh, God a little more clearly today so let's look at Jonah chapter 4 we'll start reading verse 1 it says but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry that's never a good statement not even when your parents are talking to you about that or your spouse is talking about that you know, we were taught, and you became really angry. When that comes up in the conversation, you know you just messed up. So keep that in mind. He says, so he prayed to the Lord. That's a good start. He says, oh, Lord, was it not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled to, uh, previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. He says, therefore, now, oh, Lord, please... Take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than live. Then the Lord said to him, Is it right for you to be angry? Let us pray. Father God, may you add the blessings upon a reading of your word. Lord, hope, uh, open up our hearts and minds to be able to hear and receive what you have for us this morning. And not just hear it and receive it, God, but Lord, be able to take this and practice and live it out in our lives. Lord, thank you for what you do for us. We pray that you just uh, guide us and direct us this hour. In your name we pray. Amen. We look at this passage, uh, we see that God does promise. We have to realize that God will come through with his promises. If you just go one verse above in, in chapter 3, verse 10, it says, God saw their works. He's talk, talking about the people in Nineveh. And he says, he saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. God relented. Uh, the, the disaster that he said he would bring to them and after seeing that they turned he says I didn't do it I changed my mind the people repented 
he, God gave him 40 days. And in just a simple message from Jonah saying that this, what you're doing displeases God, you need to repent or he's going to bring judgment upon you and destroy your city. It kind of woke the people up. They've never heard somebody talk to them like that before. They never realized they're disappointing God. There was a lot of things that just sparked an interest in them. And, you know, it became a decree throughout their land that they would worship God. They would worship the one true God. And the Lord, you know, he honored his word, his promise that he made. And he said, if they will repent in the 40 days that I've set up for Jonah to go through the city, give him time to go through the whole city, then he would not destroy it. Well, it worked. That's a victory, isn't it? Isn't that a victory? We see God's promises come through. Well, Jonah, he saw the promise fulfilled, but he wanted a different outcome. Absolutely saw and wanted a different outcome in this. And it was something that was uh, should have been a joyful time for this, but he, it says he was looking. He was looking out at the city, and it displeased him exceedingly. He's trying to use words here that would greatly describe his disgust for this city that, granted, it is his enemy. Uh, the things that they would do to their, uh, that the uh, people would do, uh, Nineveh would do to their enemies was, was gruesome. We won't go into all that, but it was, it was pretty bad. You would want them to suffer. It's kind of like we see uh, certain, uh, certain identities today that do awful things in, in the world and, you know, the first instinct of us, we want them to suffer. But God sent Jonah to these people. He says, I want to give you a work to do. We have to realize Jonah saw the promise that God made. He saw it. He saw it fulfilled. Again, should be happy. But just like a lot of us as Christians, he's, he wanted a different outcome. He wanted one that would benefit his feelings, would benefit his emotions. God is not God is a God of, of love, and he's also a just God. He does bring judgment when it's needed. He disciplines us. God says whom he loves, he chastens. He goes after. He's not just one to let us sit around and go by. But here he's, uh, he's trying to get Jonah's attention. Hey, you just did something great in my name. This whole place has changed. A lot of times even in church, in, in our families, in our friendships, and just in, in our working uh, of everyday jobs, you, sometimes we get so disgusted because the outcome just doesn't come out the way we want it. And we often start getting focused on the problem rather, rather than the blessing that we've had. If we would realize how good God is and how great he comes through with his promises, then I think we'll be different people. As we see promises fulfilled, we should not want that different outcome. We would want the outcome that the Lord has set for that. The people in Nineveh, instead of destroying all those people, was a, a, uh, destroying all them and letting them uh, the whole place just perish, we see a people that is joined together and that they are uh, this great city that is now worshiping God. It says in the latter part of uh, chapter 4, he says, And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons 
120,000 people you ministered to, Jonah, and they heard your voice from me. Guys, a lot of times when we are in that obedience mode of obeying Christ, there's certain things that comes up that displeases us. Guys, when that comes up, that's a warning flag. We need to step back and say, well, why is this displeasing me? Why am I in this attitude? Why, why am I focusing on all that, on that problem? Is God revealing that to me to help correct it? Or is it something that Satan's putting in front of me to make it to be a stumbling block? Guys, realizing what God can do. But guys, we need to realize we need to let him fulfill that promise and be able to accept the outcome of that and not want something different. God has a plan and a promise. The thing is, can you trust the outcome? Can you trust that? Jonah's sitting here, he's automatically, he's having a problem. He's, he, starts, uh, he starts praying. He says, he says so he, I, he, he became angry, so he prayed to the Lord. And that sounds good. He got angry. You get angry. Pray to God, right? That's our, that's our go-to thing. You get angry, pray, all right? That's a good answer. Well, the way Jonah was praying, he says, Oh, Lord, was it not this, what I said when I was still in my country? You know, he's saying, you know, these people, they're bad. They need to be destroyed. They need to be gone away with, done away with. I, I know, God, I know you're faithful. I know you're just. I know you're a good God. He starts to uh, give God all these little accolades, trying to butter him up. Have you ever done that? I mean, I know it's not something we want to just automatically admit, but there's sometimes, even in our prayers, when something has so much clouded our judgment, even with something that we want something to be done a certain way so bad that it clouds even our prayer life with God to be something that is not a, a great relationship. It's not an honest, true uh, faith in God. It is something that I still trust in myself. I still have faith in me. And it's not completely in God. God says he's jealous. He, want, he is a jealous God. He wants our complete and utter love, our faith, and devotion. He doesn't want to share that. No other gods before me. Well, it's hard to define what the other little gods are. But pretty much you can say anything that takes the place of God in your life. It doesn't have to be a statue. A lot of people get that little kind of image in our mind. We, we talk about little gods or idols, and we, we think about a little statue. We think about a little, guys, it could be anything in your life that's hindering your walk and your relationship with Christ. Anything that you think is better or more important, you put more time, your faith in the, that thing, more so than God, there's a problem. I have faith in my marriage. I have faith in my kids. I have faith, you know, in, in a lot of things. Um, I, I, I trust there's a lot of things that I get involved with, and I, I trust that it works. But, guys, if all those things we put our trust in, we've got to understand God is more important. He's over all that. Who puts all that in order? God. He makes it to where we can enjoy the outcome that he wants to give us. So many times the Lord's outcome is interrupted or di displaced, maybe not from the person that's on the receiving end, but for us that's experiencing it and we're watching it, we can't really have that joy that comes. 
from the completeness of God. There's something that needs to happen in, in our world today. I believe they need to know that when God starts something, he's going to finish it. Don't you believe that? God says he's going to complete a good work in you. He says that when he came and he sent his son into the world, that dying on the cross, raising again from the dead, going back up into heaven, it's not done. Now, his work on the cross was finished. He said that. He completed that part. But then he says, I'm going to go. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Right now, God is preparing a place for us to be with him in eternity. Don't you think if he's preparing a place this long and he's making sure that it's so perfect, it's so right for us, don't you think that when he promises something here on earth that he's going to come through with it? And that, hey, you don't have to doubt it. You don't have to try to change it. Trust him. Have faith in him. I know people that have more faith in their, in their, in their uh, I'll, we'll go with this, we have more faith in our pickup trucks than we do in our God. I say that because I can say my Dodge is stronger than any all street vehicle in here, right? And I can say that with all assurance. Right now, some of you are like, <clears throat> I'm going to get you after church. We're going to have a meeting, you know? I, I, we have little things. I, I could talk about sports if I knew anything about it. We could talk about how different sports teams, you know, NC State, they're, they're just good, you know? See? There we go. Everybody's like, uh -uh, I don't get it. But I use those examples often because it gets people in a common ground. We all understand there's, there's differences, and we want a different outcome. We want our team to win. I want my brand to be the best brand. I want my church to be the best church. I want my faith to be the best faith. But sometimes those other things get in the way of my faith in God being come, becoming the best that it can. Jonah was like, I want these people, sure, I want to share them the word of God. He just got vomited up by a fish. Gross, nasty. I'm going to do whatever you say, Lord. We'll go to Africa right now, okay? Uh, that's the kind of place he was at. He went in, he told them the word of God. But he was going through that city saying it. I believe he trusted that God could change him. But his whole thought through, as he was walking through, as he was preaching the word of God, when he got to the other side to sit on this cliff to look out, his whole thing was, they repented, now God take them out. Guys, that's a problem. That's a big problem. We think that God just has a, us to do a little part in life, and it, as long as we do it and we get a little accolade from it, we're okay, let's keep going forward. But a lot of times we miss the mark and we get focused that my plan and my outcome is better than God's. We need to be humbled by that and say, Lord, help me. We need to be people that say, Lord, your will be done as earth as it is in heaven. He gave us that model prayer to pray that way. Not my will, but whose? Thy will. And I tell you, I want to be able to live that. I, I fail. Guys, there's times I fail. There's times I want a different outcome. There's times I want to do something and I want to see it be different. Yes, that would be great. There's, I, could, I could name a bunch of things that we've been a part of. I believe there's things God has blessed that I've been a part of, and I wanted to see a different outcome. I know what Jonah was feeling like. 
And man, on the other side, you do feel ashamed. But God can forgive. Uh, some of the other things we need to realize we don't need to give up is that we don't, God has taken our sin. He's forgiven us. He says we don't have to keep looking back. We can keep looking forward for what God is doing in our life. Jonah automatically right here in his prayer, he says, Oh, Lord, was it not this that I said while still in my country? He's going back before he even got on the boat. Then he's going back. He says, Therefore, I fled to Tarshish. He's trying to say, I saw this problem. I didn't want to go. These people weren't going to listen. I don't understand why you want me to come here, but I'm going to do it. Well, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to run. And he's like, let me, just, let me just remind you of that. And I'm going to remind you that you're a gracious God. And you're going to, you've forgiven me. And we're good. And he's trying to remind them of the sin in the past. That was almost like, hey, this was the right decision at the time. Guys, anytime Satan brings up that temptation to look at your sinful past, <laughs> it's, never, it's never good. God says that he takes our sin and he's able to forgive us of our sin. He says and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We call on that name. Again, it's another promise. It's another reason not to give up because we need to not keep looking back. When God gives us a second chance, we need to realize that that is a way for us to keep moving forward. He's given us many second chances. He's given us many different things. And we need to realize that those second chances aren't just things just to uh, give us something else to do. It's showing us he's in control. He will forgive and if you truly ask forgiveness of that sin, he's not bringing it back up. He asked us to quit looking back to all those things that we've done wrong. I guarantee you, in, in, your, in your asking forgiveness, if you truly want forgiveness, you've already learned. You've already learned from that sin. You've known. It's not hard for us. It's not hard for us even when we start as little children. We know yes and no right off the bat. It's funny how you get a little kid. My sister, she has a, a, a foster kid that she just turned a year old. It's funny how that year old, I, she was uh, biting on my sister. It was so funny. I was encouraging it, but that's another, that's another sermon. But she was just sitting there trying to bite her. And you say, no, don't bite. You know what that thing did? She turned around and she looked at my sister like, okay, I'll stop. But what else? Do you, I need something to eat, you know? And I'm sitting there, I'm like one years old, and she says, no, don't bite. And she knew exactly, that baby knew exactly what she was saying. So you can't tell me we don't know right from wrong. We, we learned that as a little child. That, that's elementary. The thing that we need to learn as Christians, as Christians, this is one of the great benefits that we have in knowing Jesus Christ and having him in our heart, is that when we ask forgiveness, he takes that away. And he'll cleanse us, and he'll help us to move forward. Some of us right here in this room are living in our past sin. We're living in the sin that we've already asked forgiveness for, but guess what? If you're still living in it, you haven't truly let it go to God. We have to let it go. Jonah knew how wrong he was. He stayed living in it. He stayed it, and he was miserable. 
I mean, God, he's sitting in there on the, on the cliff, and he asks God, he says, you keep reading chapter 4, you know he's asking God, he's like, I need some shade, I'm hot, I'm, it's, it, it's awful out here. He gives him a plant. He's not happy with the plant. God sends a worm, eats the plant, and God says, you're more concerned about this plant than, than you are about the people of Nineveh, a plant that you had no control over coming up or anything. I did that for you. And you're more concerned about a plant being killed by a worm than the people that are down there. We have a problem if we don't understand who our Lord and Savior is. Second chances aren't just a thing to keep us busy. Again, it's, it's a way, I truly believe, God keeps us and helps us to move forward. But we truly got to surrender our life to Christ. Stop bringing up the past. Stop bringing up all those things that hinder you. If you know this is going to raise your blood pressure and get you hot and get you mad and get you steamed up, I want to ask yourself one question. Is that God bringing that up to your mind, your attention? Or is that Satan? Is it something that is healthy for you? Is it something that's healthy for your life with Christ? Once we get mad, I have, a, I have a thing that I say once we, and forgive me, I'm not trying to be degrading to anybody, but I, I say this all the time, I say it about myself, when we get mad, we get stupid. That's, that's just a, a part of it. We get mad, we don't really think straight, we don't act straight. That's a perfect place for Satan to get us at. It's a good boxing move. It's a good sports move. It's a good intimidation move by other people. You make somebody mad, they're not thinking right. You got the advantage. Oh, man, you can put them on the ropes. You can sit there and throw a, a, the knockout punch real easy because they're mad, they're huffing, and they're either going to wear themselves out real quick or they're just not going to focus on what you're doing. Another warning sign. But, hey, just because that comes up in your life, it doesn't mean you got to give up. It says if we learn from our sinful, sinful past, it'll help us to move forward. And guess what? It'll help us not to create excuses. Jonah was full of excuses here. He was saying one excuse after another, trying to make it to seem kind of right. We do that often. I know there's times I do it often. I'm making all kinds of excuses to make something sound right. Guys, it, it, we ought to stop that. We ought to trust that when God is showing us, when the Holy Spirit is convicting us, don't put that to the side and just say, well, that's something I don't need to listen to. I'll get to it later. You know, we'll think about that. I know it's wrong, but you know what? I want to do it anyway. We have to really, if we're trusting in God, we say we're a child of him. It's not just when you come to church, you're a child of God. It's not just when you're around people that are church people that you're a child of God. When you're a child of God, you're a child of God, period. There's no... It, it just because you come into the church in this sanctuary that we have, it doesn't mean that you become more spiritual. It doesn't become you more alive in Christ. This is a place that is built, is created. The atmosphere is such that it should put you in a place that you feel comfortable and confident to listen to what God has for you and to respond to it. You can do the same thing in your car. You can do the same thing in your home. We can do that everywhere. Don't leave it to just certain places that you experience Christ. But let him be able to reveal that sinful past to you. Ask true forgiveness of it. 
and move away from it. You can do it. Through Christ, you can move forward, and you won't have to have all these excuses all the time. Wouldn't it be great to be able to live a life, to be able to magnify Christ in it, and not have to have any excuses for it? Back at me too, guys. I'm not just throwing things out there. Verse 3, it talks about, it says, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. This is serious, guys. This is when somebody has lost sight so much of what God has done. Again, how many people? 120,000 persons made a decision with Christ, worshiping him now. The sound coming from that on that cliffside where he was looking over the city, it probably was amazing. It sounded like the biggest church choir you ever heard. But yet he's still so lost in himself. He forgot that God can take away his sins. He forgot about all that stuff. He says, take my life. Take my life. And God gives one of the best responses for that. He doesn't sit there and give him a whole long list of things of why you shouldn't think that way and take him through a 10-step program. He says, Jonah, is it right for you to be this angry? I mean, come on, man. I mean, isn't that something that we... There's a sometimes you just got to get downright straight with people. You know, you can kind of be a little easy with it, a little loving. But, you know, sometimes as we learn from God, you just got to get right down to the point. He says, is it right for you to be this angry? Have you asked yourself, is it right for you to be that angry? Guys, that is, the, that is one of the worst questions I like to ask myself. Is it right for you to feel that way? Oh, yeah, it is. That person cut me off. They deserve to be, you know, well, never mind. But, you know. It's one of these things. You, you, they deserve this. Guys, when that comes out of your mouth, that's another warning sign. But all these things, they start to add up. And what, it, what happens? It adds up to an attitude that makes us want to just quit, give up. It's not worth it. I'll come to church. I'll play the game. I'll do whatever I need to do. But, you know, when it comes to it, when I'm by myself, a different station it's a different radio it's a different me it's a different language it's a different everything God's forgive God's forgiveness to us it gives us life it gives us a new life it doesn't take away some people say well if I'm a Christian if I follow what God wants me to do I change my ways I try to be a little more happier I try to be a little more joyful I try to add all this stuff in says, you know, it's just going to change me completely. It's going to take my life away. That's a common statement when people talk about Christianity. Guys, with, with Christ, he gives life. And he gives you a new life. He gives you a new outlook. He helps us to be able to see that life is just more than me. It's more than just getting by. It's more than just the right now. It's more than what I deserve kind of life. 
Guys, God wants us to live a full life, one that is pleasing to him. He is the one that gave us life. We should be the ones that want to go to him and be faithful to him and listen to him. Put our faith in him. I don't want to be one that has a faith that is all in me. We sing a song, it's faith that can move a mountain, right? The Bible says the faith of a mustard seed, the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Well, I don't want to sound like a fortune cookie or anything like that, but if you have a mountain in front of you, so to speak, guess what? You got a God that can annihilate that. Not just move it, he can annihilate it. It's to the point, like when you're driving through the mountains, some of my favorite things driving through there, and I see how they've blasted away those sides of the mountains so you can drive through. Guys, this is the point where God could just make that flat so it's not even a, there's not even a side of the mountain. He can take the thing that's bothering. He can take the sin. He can take the challenges and things in life that are, that are in front of you, and guess what? He can help you through that. There's all kinds of verses. We call on them all the time of things that we can do to help us make us better. The thing we need to do is realize it's not time to give up. It's time to get busy. It's time to relinquish the sin that we're holding on to. Give that over to God. We understand the basics. We understand Jesus is our Savior. We understand that if we call upon his name and we trust in our heart that he will forgive us of our sins. We trust in that. But, guys, it's a continual life with him. You don't give up on it. You don't surrender to it. You keep living and listen to what God is challenging you with today. There is a challenge today for you. It may not be as great as what Jonah has is to go to a foreign country, go to your enemy's country, walk through the enemy's capital uh, city and preach the name of God and watch people's lives change. It may be a simple thing as talking to a kid in the church in your neighborhood, might be talking to a, a neighbor or somebody you haven't talked to in a while, might be talking to a co-worker, maybe it's something you're just hanging on to that is just totally disrupting your life. Be honest with God. Be honest with what he has for you. I promise there's a lot of reasons in this world not to give up. There's a lot of things that we can trust and we can hope in. And they're going to fail and let us down. I've always said if you have to, if you break something, you can buy it again. Something that you're worshiping or something that you think is so good, and you can just go out to the store and buy another one. It's not, you shouldn't put that much faith in it. If it's something that you can't totally just love and appreciate, I mean, totally, it's not worth it. God is the only thing that I know that I can totally love, totally appreciate. No flaws, no gimmicks, it's right there. The only thing he expects from us is to obey, to love him and obey. And I pray this morning you can do that. This morning maybe you're sitting there and you're like, well, I, I don't know this God you're talking about. I know what you, I, I, I've heard it. Heard people preach about it, heard that, you know, we have sin and we need to, uh, we've all fall short of the glory of God. We need his forgiveness. If you hear that, you know that, and he's speaking to you this morning, today would be that day to make it right with him. And the way you can do that is simple. 
He says, if you'll just come to me and confess with your mouth that you're a sinner and with your heart, believe that he can forgive you that sin, he says that he will forgive you. You can do that this morning. Maybe this morning you got something that's just kind of hanging you up and you just don't know how to get over it. Maybe you're on the verge of giving up. You look at Jonah and you look at those things. There's things he, he did that's not really, weren't really right. There's a couple things he did right. There's a couple things he did wrong. You know, the outcome of all his trials and things that he went through should have been something that was just, uh, uh, he should have been sitting on the side of that cliff looking over the city of Nineveh and just rejoicing with God like you wouldn't believe. Over 120,000 people worshiping the Lord. That's something. That's something. But God says even if one receives him, they're singing in heaven. It's a rejoiceful thing for him. Don't look at yourself as a failure. Don't look at yourself as you didn't do enough. Don't, don't let Satan come in and just totally deceive you from what God has done in your life. Let God fulfill his promises in you. Realize what he can do with that. And live that out in your life. You will be blessed.